0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.comslash B ball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: It's not another Buffalo podcast, the bi weekly show hosted by three of the most underqualified sports personalities this side of the canal.
2: We're Pat. Uh, And people want to hate on him, but like, Matt Ryan was a generational talent. Like, say what you want. Oh, oh. The biggest comeback in Super Bowl history away from being Super Bowl champion, Matt Ryan, too.
1: Brando. Pat, would you say Drew Brees or Matt Ryan is generational? Both. Both have MVPs. And John.
3: Pat, I have a question for you. Is Cam Newton a generational talent?
2: I mean, yes. Yes.
1: Say this. Uh, Joe Flacco not. has a Super Joe Bowl Flacco. MVP, look at the stats Doc. He, <laughs> he has a Super stats. Bowl look,
2: MVP, look, look at You're, the stats, your
1: argument said that Matt Ryan went to a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco won a Super <laughs> Bowl, Joe Flacco won a Super Bowl and then people I were like, Joe Flacco for a
3: on Buffalo Rumblings, alright, welcome back to tonight, another Buffalo podcast, I'm John, I'm here with Pat and Brando, part of the Buffalo Rumblings network of good podcasts and us. It is still Monday when we are recording this, so our apologies if something crazy happens in the world of sports between now and Friday, um, but we should have you covered since it's the off season and uh, nothing's really happening. We're uh, talking about position battles at the bottom of the roster for the Bills and uh, looking at articles of people telling stories about Tom Brady stuff uh, from way back in the day. So uh, how, how are you guys doing? Let me uh, start off with that. and I don't want to jump in too quick here, even though we've had this conversation already today. <laughs>
1: Well, considering between the last time we talked, all I did was have four pot stickers and a handful of fig newtons, I'm not going to complain.
3: Hey, that's that's a good snack, Pat. What did you get for your uh, your meal in between? Or you didn't get
2: anything? Black and mild jazz. I got some uh, on deck though. I got some shredded wheat and some oat milk ready. Nice, church, right? nice. Hey, uh, oat milk. I'm,
3: I'm, I'm almost ashamed to say this, but oat milk and coffee is better than real milk.
2: Oh, dude. dude, Oat milk and coffee tastes like, dude, I hate oat milk and coffee. So you like oat milk and you hate it in coffee? Yes. It tastes, it doesn't even change it. It like the color of it. If it changed the color more so, I I have to eat half and I have to drink half and half. You might, maybe if there was oat milk creamer,
3: but. There is oat milk creamer and it's delicious. So you should try some of that. It's a little bit less liquidy, like regular oat milk. If you don't shake it up enough is kind of, it's, it's almost bluish. You know, you lost me. Yeah. You lost like, me. Like, yeah.
1: me.
2: Anyway. Anyway, oat milk and coffee. <laughs> I, it would I help, can't you, it would help it. your insides feel better, Brando. It really Dude, would. It
1: totally would, but I will take what happens to me and enjoy my cup of coffee with the vanilla creamer every time. Yeah. I'm all about the creamer. Enjoy
3: it with an asterisk, big asterisk what? next to it.
1: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of asterisks, l- listen to this transition. Speaking of asterisks, the asterisks next to Tom Brady is that he's an ass hat. And when you look at this new article that just came out on uh we really sports. great at, uh, transitioning
2: yeah. here on, the, <laughs> on another Buffalo podcast. Sombrero sombrero de cuyo for you Spanish Smooth listeners. Smooth as peanut butter. Chunky peanut butter.
3: Yeah, so we saw we saw this article. We thought it'd be worth at least 5 minutes of uh of talking about. But anyway, Brandon, you want to you want to give us the uh the lowdown?
1: Yeah, I just the author. I don't know if you saw the author's name, but if you could give us a pronunciation, I'll we'll give you a
2: million dollars. Anuj Tahatsavetil.
1: Anyway, this is an
3: it's an article from essentiallysports.com and really it's just about Garrett Wilson going on a podcast with a couple of former NFL players, and uh, they were kind of giving him the lowdown on what to expect as a rookie and kind of the uh, the NFL fraternity hazing that he can expect uh, to see. You know, we've heard stories about guys ringing up big bills and then charging the rookies, right? Like that happens once before every season where they have a big team dinner and uh, the rookies foot the bill. But uh, th- this story, so Brandon was... Tell us what happens here with uh, with Brady. It's
1: just uh, f- uh, Fred Taylor, who did play for the Patriots for two seasons in the late 2000s, said Tom Brady would come in to their dinner, buy a three, four, five thousand dollar bottle of wine, take one sip, say goodnight, and leave. So they know that oh. the bill would come out to be about fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and uh, just walk out, say bye. But they say on here that that's just part of the you know, part of the the boat ride with Tom, he'll give you a Super Bowl, but you got to do this
2: and deal with him being a clown. Uh, um, I guarantee you Fred Taylor did the same thing to rookies when he was in Jacksonville, yeah. though. Like, I watched the Hard Knocks. I remember the iconic Dallas Cowboys uh, Hard Knocks. And I mean, I, I think it's a legal tradition. And also, I mean, um, Nobel Laureate in Economics, Angus Deaton, with the Ivy League Institution University of Pennsylvania, said that there is no... Change in happiness from seventy five thousand dollars and above. So really, um, I don't know how much that would affect someone's happiness. And like, I mean, maybe, (laughs) maybe you know, it's worth it when you can make another rookie pay for your wine. Considering that rookies will make more and more and more after Jamarcus Russell broke the system. But uh,
3: so anyway, we were just looking at Fred Taylor's Wikipedia here, Um, and I I already told you guys off this off the air, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Uh, Taylor was drafted ninth overall in the 1998 NFL draft by the Jaguars with the first of two picks they acquired in a trade with the Buffalo Bills in exchange for quarterback Rob Johnson. So I, I thought that was kind of funny to uh, tie it all back to the Bills. But
1: Interesting fact about Rob Johnson also. What team did he win a Super Bowl with?
2: Buccaneers, right? Yep.
1: Clipboard, man.
2: He was the backup, right? Yeah, to yeah. the other Johnson
1: Brad, Brad Brady yes Brady Johnson Brad yep. Johnson Brad Johnson um this was interesting because they were comparing it to like the Stanley Cup in the NHL where all 22 players on the roster get a day with the cup oh, but like I actually heard po-
3: this on uh I heard this on GR this
1: morning yeah yeah and it's like does the backup quarterback touch the trophy because they said no they don't think he does uh because nah, you know you look at the so. podium it's your receiver your safety your corner and your quarterback and the owner and it's like Yeah, because this was
3: all based off of a a hypothetical uh, posted on Twitter by, I don't know if it's pro football talk or something like that. Would you rather be league MVP or would you rather be a backup on the Super Bowl? You're right.
1: You're right. I forgot about that part. Yeah,
3: you're good. You're good. We could have that debate on this show, but they already had it on there. And I feel like we'd we'd end up doing way too much on that. We got some other stuff to get to, but interesting. So, uh, you know, go check out the comments on that post on Twitter. I'm sure you'll get a... Wide range of uh, opinions and slander for backup quarterbacks of years past. For sure. All I'm
2: saying is Jerry Krause's very average looking self um, was holding like six NBA trophies um, with the Bulls. So if Jerry Krause, who probably could not dribble a basketball more than three times consecutively without falling over, can hold the trophy. Hopefully Rob Johnson <laughs> got to hold it. Like, yeah. I mean, that's the whole sack. thing
3: is the NFL owners get to hold the trophy first. Yeah, And uh, that's
1: a debate too in itself. Yeah, right? like, exactly.
3: We, uh, I think that was drafted in our worst sports traditions draft. I think that went yes. pretty high. That was yes. definitely a top pick. did you take pick. it? I think I did. I think I did. But anyway, we're, uh, we're talking the bills wide receiver battle this week. Interesting because we now with the addition of Tavon Austin, have kind of a controversial battle at the back end of the roster because historically, in the McBean era, the Bills have only kept six wide receivers every single year. Every single year, we think uh, number six and number seven are pretty close. They got to keep both of these guys for special teams and yada, yada, yada. And they only ever keep six. So looking at this year, we've got some guys in the mix. I'm looking at a roster projection from the Buffalo News. This is from Jay Skirsky. So he has the bills keeping seven this year, which they have never done. So that list of seven would be Stefan Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jameson Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, Tavon Austin, and Jake Kumaro. Um That would include cuts to Tanner Gentry, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, and Neil Pau. I think is how you say his name.
1: But Can you say the cut um, cut list one more time? Uh, you're
3: gonna make me try to not. No, the first over few, Neil's the first couple name. you said. Okay. Tanner Gentry, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, and Neil Powell.
2: Now, do you think Tanner Gentry gets a pass because he was Josh's number one option at Wyoming back in the day? I feel like that's the only reason he's in camp in the first place is just Josh wants to hang out with one of his boys before he ultimately gets cut True. Every year. I mean, And
3: again, a lot of these guys, I mean, would make, if they're not going to get picked up by another squad, they might make good practice squad candidates, which is something to keep in mind with these guys. but. With a name like, uh, I mean, I'm not saying Marquez Stevenson is a huge name. He's the kind of guy who, if you cut, he's going to get picked up by another team. They were worried about that last year. And I remember they made a lot of strategic moves. I think he started the season on the roster, but he was on IR. So he didn't count towards the 53. Um, Cause remember he,
1: he yeah, had a pretty big injury in, in like the
3: last preseason game.
1: Yeah.
3: I think a lot of this depends on the return game as well. When you're talking about Marquez Stevenson, like is Khalil Shakir? everything you could have wanted in a returner. Any, any possible need for Marquez Stevenson as a returner is kind of nullified at that point.
1: But you're really in the depth because Mackenzie should be the one doing it anyways. That's what I'm, that's what
3: I'm asking is because this is all assuming that we don't want Isaiah McKenzie doing it this year. And I think that, you know, if we're all taking our pick for what we want, I, i to me, that makes sense. You know, feel free to debate me on it if if I'm wrong, but it's not just about his his ball security or his returner ability or anything like that. Um, as a kick returner, I think he's totally fine, you know. Um, returning punts, not so confident. He he did have some fumbles in crucial areas last year when they started putting Micah Hyde back there. But in an ideal world, he's not doing any of that because he's contributing to the offense. And in the McBean era people who have been kick returners have not historically contributed big numbers to the offense or gotten a large number of snaps. That was true when they had a an Andre Roberts back there. Who else has returned punts and, and kicks for the bills? I've, it's been an array Micah, of people. And Micah. Micah yeah. Hyde has returned punts. Yeah. Like in, in a pinch, but certainly you don't want him taking hits back there either.
2: I mean, Tavon Austin also has, he's returned. Exactly. Punts, but he's a part of this mix too. Not to like really rag on this man. But he has had 24 fumbles in nine seasons as a pro, including three seasons where he had five fumbles. Um, so I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily the most confident of him back there either. I think he's kind of a draft bust, but he does have experience back there as well. That's true.
3: That's true. So, I mean, we might be looking at, you know, three or four guys who can do it. So maybe they just play the hot hand. But at the same time, I mean, that I don't think that there's an Andre Roberts type on this roster right now where you can say, Boom. That's the guy to return punts and kicks. And we're going to feel really good about him back there. You know, just hand him the starting job and forget about it for the rest of the season. So certainly you can run into issues with that because you're going to have to make changes mid season. Cause somebody's struggling or something like that. But Brandon, how do you see this shaking out? Like who would you keep? And I guess what do we do if they're only keeping six? Because the seven that we're looking at is Diggs, Davis, Crowder, McKenzie, Shakir, Austin, and Jay Kumaro. Um, and Jay Kumaro is obviously a, a huge addition on special teams. Are we looking at Tavon Austin not making it? And then just having McKenzie? Are we looking at Tavon Austin taking on the Isaiah McKenzie role? Um, I heard some people bring that up. I don't necessarily agree with that. But what do, you, what do you think? If you had to cut one of those seven, who would you pick?
1: I think Tavon Austin doesn't make it. But is he he's outside the seven right now. He's, he's inside the seven right yeah, now. Yeah, I cut him and I keep Kumaro because Austin's role will be filled by somebody else. He's not number two. on. He's not a backup. He's not the backup's backup. He is coming to push them. It should be good for the rookies. And I mean, Stevenson's a sophomore now, but it'll be good for our new receiver rookie. Can you say his name again for me one more time?
3: Khalil Shakir.
1: I think Austin comes in to show them how a pro would approach training camp in this time of the year, but pushing them. Maybe he's a practice squad player, but Kumaro has a role on this team. He has a role on other teams in the NFL. We already know that. Like Aaron Rodgers would call him right now and get him back if he could. Just to see him succeed in Green Bay would be really bad. Just to see him get picked up anywhere, whereas like, I don't think if Austin doesn't make our roster, maybe he's making like, I don't know, Baltimore or he's making somebody else, but not Baltimore is a good, a good
3: pick. I mean, Pat and I talked about this. A lot of veterans don't want to go there because it's not very yeah, wide receiver know. friendly, yeah. but at the same time, they don't have a ton of wide receiver depth, but they might not have a choice. Yeah. Too. I think they drafted two wide receivers as well this year. So they might have a lot of, of young depth, but uh, now correct me if I'm wrong. Tavon Austin is more of a slot guy. Correct. Correct. Yeah, he's a
2: dual threat guy though too because he had a couple years where he had 400 plus uh, rushing yards as well. Um, oh, okay. So.
3: Interesting. So he could do some of he could do some of that Isaiah McKenzie stuff, but yeah. I mean, I wonder how speedy he is at this point in his career. You said he's in his 10th year.
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's my deal too is that I, number 2 I would say is that I feel like Isaiah Hodgins has waited patiently these mm-hmm. past 2 years and obviously they must think something of him because they've kept him on the practice squad and I would like to see him um, if he is the last guy indeed looking out, have a shot. He also, you know, he has a lot of size at that position. I don't think he could necessarily return punts, but, um, something to consider as well. So,
3: so who do you, who do you replace out of that six or seven that we already have with Hodgson? Cause as of, I mean, as of this projection, Isaiah Hodgins is on the outside looking in. So who do you, who do you keep him over? Do you think?
2: Well, did you have Tavon Austin on the roster?
3: He's part of the seven. If you go down to six and cut Tavon Austin, so say they yeah. keep six wide receivers, who out of basically be McKenzie, Kumaro, or Shakir, or Crowder, I guess, if you want to say that. But I, I yeah. think Crowder is pretty much a lock at this point.
2: No, I agree. I think if they keep seven, then I would I would drop Austin and um, bring in Hodgins. But it's hard, too, because like you said, I think Jake Kumaro, and the, I don't know, this is like... 2011 drought Pat talking, but you know, he means a lot to the team regardless of statistics. And my only other concern with this is that whoever you put back there at punt returner, I think that Isaiah McKenzie, at least at this point in his career deserves to, if they're going to use him in the punt game, they should also make an effort to use him more in the passing game. Because I feel like, you know, when he did have to step up, especially in that Patriots game, like he was effective and it's not fair to him to, you know, make him a one-dimensional player when in reality, you know, he can do it all. So.
3: Yeah, yeah, and he's the way that they used him in the Patriots game was—I don't know if you guys saw his route tree, like the next-gen stats thing. It was all slants. It was all drag routes across the middle. You know, where he's not making a move, he's not running a clean route. He's just literally running free across the middle of the field as a man beater. So if they can get him doing what he does best in you know packaged into the rest of the offense, I'd be super happy with that. The other part to consider here is the depth at outside wide receiver for the bills. Cause if Tavon Austin is more of a slot receiver, even if he is a, a dual threat, uh, does he play outside at all? Cause I think that that's where Kumaro might have an edge on him. And you know, you can say what you want about going into the season and saying that Kumaro is your third out, outside wide receiver. Yeah. Cause I, there is still the possibility that, that they, they add somebody.
2: Yeah. I mean, physically speaking, he's only like 5'8", like 170, Austin. Yeah, so he's
3: he's a smaller guy. Um, Not saying he can't play outside, and honestly not saying that Isaiah McKenzie can't play outside because he might be able to a little bit. But, I mean, you're thinking Diggs, Davis, those are your outside receivers, and then there's a drop-off. Whereas, like, as far as slot guys, they got plenty of slot guys. You got Crowder. You've got McKenzie, who's great in the slot. Who else? I mean, Khalil, Shakir. Um, yes. Is also more of a slot guy at this point. I'm not sure if they might try to uh, spread him out at all, but yeah, so I, that might be a point in Kumaro's favor as well. So
1: I think we're at the point of the life cycle of this team between, I think it'll be more as we get going to in the next year and two, uh, but you have to play the guys you pay, and you're going to need to be able to get production from them in ways that are going to change games, right? You need a guy like Isaiah McKenzie to fill multiple roles. Even if he is starting, he's getting paid a little more. Now we need production for though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, still, you know what I mean though? Like we're going to, the roster is going to get slimmed down. We might not have the depth that we've had before. So we might, we don't want Micah Hyde catching the ball. We want somebody to make an impact. And as Isaiah McKenzie Good enough to do that? Yes. But what's like, what are they going to do? Is he going to get hurt? Uh, But even if he gets hurt, you could fill in somebody else. But I don't know. I just, I think we're going to need these guys to step up and play, especially when the schedule gets tougher. And the difference in these games is so minor, right? When we lose these little games, when we lose these games by such a little bit, we need guys to step up. And McKenzie might be the guy that steps up to give us a spark. Whereas we might not get that with one of these other players. So you gotta, you gotta start, You know, putting your money where your mouth is, so to speak, with these guys on the team, I think. We might see a shift is what I'm saying is McDermott's philosophies continue to grow as the team grows.
3: Yeah. And I mean, historically for McBean, we've definitely seen, um, you know, the fringe players that make the roster are special teams guys. And, you you know, you can say that that's making an impact where it counts. But I mean, look at, yeah, how many offensive snaps did Taiwan Jones take last year? Like next to none. You know, they only use him sparingly. So it'll be interesting. He was the captain of the special teams. He is, you know, kind of a core special teamer. Um, but if they can get that kind of production from a gunner standpoint, from someone else who's actually going to contribute on offense as well, then I think they'll do it. Not sure if we're going to see another year of Taiwan Jones here where he's kind of taking up one of those running back spots on the roster. But if you want to keep seven wide receivers, you got to get that other roster position from somewhere. So you're probably rolling with two QBs. You know, maybe you only keep two tight ends plus um, the fullback who kind of can play tight end if you need him to.
1: Yeah, look at the D-line too, right? Look Look at who you're carrying on these lines. And historically, I think they've
3: always kept a lot of defensive linemen as well. So anyway, I mean, we could have two hours of conversation about predicting the roster. And I'm sure, you know, once we get in the midst of training camp, some of this stuff will kind of clear up. And then, you know, as we get closer to that final three fifty-three being announced, we'll, uh, we'll definitely be talking about it more, but interesting to see how the wide receiver battle plays out. And especially because if we don't know if they're going to keep seven or six and they might still add another outside guy as well. So, but we're keeping an eye on it. And, uh, I put together one little trivia piece for you guys based on, uh, wide receivers. This should be, uh, it's not 13 seconds timed or anything like that, but we're gonna see how uh, how well you remember the not so distant past here. So, in 2017, the year the Bills broke the drought, there were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Sorry, six wide receivers who started a game for the Bills. Can you name all of them?
2: Yes. Let's see here. Marquise Goodwin. Are ready. Robert Foster. Robert
1: Foster. Nope. Goodwin. Nope. 2017. Calvin Benjamin. Oh, seventeen. Calvin 17. Benjamin is one. Calvin, yeah, Benjamin. Calvin
2: Benjamin. Zay Jones. That's two. That's not Deontay. Rookie Thompson. Zay
1: Jones, right? He's a
3: rookie. Yeah. Um. Uh, Pat said Deontay Thompson. That's three. Did we get
1: to Brandon Riley? Nope. Did he nope. didn't play in the regular season? Yeah, he didn't start a game. Brandon Tate? Yeah, Tate yes. would be a good pick. You got okay. four. Uh you and you said Deontay Thompson already. Two more. Two more. Who who did they have catch the ball? Duke Williams. Nope. Mm. No. Nope. It wasn't uh it wasn't Duke time yet. We should know these. You remember It Wasn't here. that long ago? Oh god. Oh, 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 Justin Hunter. Mm. Nope. Really? Are you uh, sure? I
3: do you, do you guys no, I'm positive. Um I I have a hint.
1: Oh, um Holmes. Antonio yes, uh, Holmes. Antonio, not no, no. What's his first name? Um eh. You're you're close. It's, it's Holmes. Holmes. Yes. Holmes.
3: Andre Holmes. Andre.
1: There you go. There you go. Are you right. sure One, Justin Hunter didn't positive.
3: Positive. You guys are gonna kick yourself when you hear
2: this. I totally forgot about this guy. Hold on, hold on. Let me go back in my mind. Brandon, you look like you're looking
3: at something. I hope you're
1: not. I cheating. searched Justin Hunter because I want to see who he played for in 2017, and it was Pittsburgh.
2: Hmm. Ray Ray McLeod. Nope. That was a good guess. Is it Isaiah? Nope. No, Isaiah, he's on the Broncos yeah. at that point. I think. Um,
3: as soon as I give you the guys either of these hints, it's going to give it away. Give
2: it. Give us a hint.
1: Let's say, hey, All right. a second.
3: This player famously said. That there was nothing else to do in Buffalo besides make babies.
1: Oh, yeah. uh, what's this face? Uh, uh, it's it's the guy who uh, we got. He played this much time here.
2: No, it's not. It's not Anquan Bolden either. I don't think. Um,
1: no, I was thinking. I think Van this Bolden was there. his only
3: yeah. season with the Bills.
1: Golden Tate. When he went to Philly. Yes, Philly. It's
3: Philly Golden is correct. Tate or Percy it's Harvin? Not, it's mm. not Golden Tate or Percy Harvin after after both of those. Or Golden Tate might have been after that. I don't remember. Nothing to do but make babies. But Percy Harvin Percy Harvin was uh,
1: Rex Ryan. I remember this quote, but I don't remember the guy. I have no idea. Give us another
2: hint. Yeah, give us another hint. Initials are J.M. Something Marshall. Let's see. Uh-huh.
3: Oh, gosh. People are gonna be People are going to be yelling at their phones again.
2: Uh... No
3: JM.
2: Idea. Was he a veteran when we got him?
3: Yeah. First name Jordan.
1: And this is know. like me
2: doing Jordan Matthews.
1: Jordan I Matthews,
2: the trade. He, he came from the Eagles. Him. He did. He did. he was supposed yeah. to be hiding and the then he hurt trade. himself.
3: Yes, yeah. he was part of the Derby trade. Uh, I should have I should have said that. You're correct, Brandon. But yeah, hey, I actually kind of stumped you guys on on one. Yeah, I of those. Did. So, I
1: didn't know that. So maybe that's maybe that's.
3: Wow, good. that
2: was a pretty shallow wide receiver room. Now that we yes, right. Goddamn, Dude, bless you, bless you, McBean. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. All right,
3: well, we're we're in we're in a much better place now. Trying to argue about um, who's going to be the yeah. sixth wide receiver. I, I feel like the sixth wide receiver on this roster will be better than the second wide receiver on that roster. Maybe even the first, because the even best wide first, receiver. Yeah. Also, another name on there who never started a game but um, did play um, four games. Kaylee and Clay is a name you might recognize. No. Funny enough, uh, Joe Webb is also listed as a wide receiver on this roster. Even Joe though Webb won
2: the us the snow game if I recall. Yeah, that's Hopefully.
1: what I was he thinking because the guy threw it to him in the snow game against the Colts. That's who I was thinking in, in Joe Webb my played head.
3: quarterback in, the, in that game and also caught a yeah. pass, I
1: think. Didn't
3: he? He started a game at quarterback for the Vikings too. Um, yep. Um, but he he did not have any starts as a wide receiver, really? so he is I was uh, thinking
2: I guess Joe Webb, yeah, would have been a good guest too, Brando.
3: Anyway. But anyways. All
2: um, right, well that's gonna do it for this one. You guys know where to find us on
3: Twitter at not buff podcast. I don't know if we're gonna have a poll for this one. But uh yeah, I guess we'll just uh ask you guys if you think the uh the Bills are gonna keep six or seven wide receivers. And uh if you do keep seven, then uh what position are you taking away from? Is it tight end, is it defensive? Uh Defensive line, so interesting to see. But all right, well, uh, we'll be back next Wednesday. But until then, go Bills! Go Bills! Go Bills!
0: Go Bills.